there are more bacteria in your mouth than there are humans on the face of the earth. That's, That's crazy, insane. Man. Yeah. Your yeah. mouth or everyone's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dirty boy. <laughs> yeah. So, hey guys, this is our, um, welcome back to A Journey Through Medicine. This is our microbiology or attempt at a microbiology episode. Yeah, it, it won't cover everything, but um, we're mainly going to be focusing on gram positive stuff today. And um, also, we'll, yeah, and then we'll cover gram negative later and antibiotics as well, which we haven't learned too well yet. So, yeah, mainly gram positive stuff. And yeah, how are you going, Terence? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good. And you, Sean? Yeah, good. Awesome. Not bad. Yeah, but what were you saying before about... <laughs> yeah, so so last week, um, we or last week, or whenever we did the last episode, we were looking at um, the war that's going on inside your body. And we were looking at what are all the mechanisms you have to help fight the invaders. Now we're looking at what are the invaders and what do they do and what do they do that's so bad for your body? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So first off, I think we should start just by clarifying what even is bacteria? Anyone want to take us away? Oh, who, it's who a can... prokaryote. Yeah, so what does that mean? It's There's no membrane around the nucleus. Yeah. has very little in in the sense of cytoplasmic organelles. Yeah, um, yeah so it's different to eukaryotic um, organisms uh, such as parasites or, or human fungi. cells. Yeah, fungi and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, like I said before, we'll be covering gram-positive bacteria. And what does that even mean? What is what is gram-positive bacteria? Okay, it all goes back to the gram stain. Yeah. Um, they take up, um, basically they have a thick peptidoglycan layer, takes up the crystal violet really well, and when it gets washed with the alcohol, it doesn't really come out. Yeah, 100%. So, um, gram-positive bacteria have this, like, inner membrane, and then outside of the inner membrane, there's these peptidoglycans, um, and it's pretty much protein complexes that kind of go around the whole bacteria. Polysaccharides. Um, po- polysaccharides? Yeah. You're awesome. It's polysaccharides. Um, and then outside of that as well, then there's another outer membrane. That's for gram negative. Is that gram negative? Yeah. <laughs> this is what Sean means. We don't understand. Much <laughs> much. Yeah. All right. There's man. only one membrane in gram positives. Okay. Yeah. And that one is thick in that layer is thick in gram positives. The pedzoglycan layer is yeah. thick. It's above outside the membrane. The membrane. Yeah. 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 And that's thick in gram positives, but thin in gram negatives. Yeah. yeah. And gram- it shows up purple on the stain. Yeah. Yeah. And gram negative shows up pink. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. got that fact. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but definitely take this one as a recorded study session for us because <laughs> we're still learning this stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, but then with like gram negative stuff, they have more things like L- lipopolysaccharides. Yeah, lipopolysaccharides. Yeah. And lipopolysaccharides, also known as endotoxin, mm. it's on the outer membrane. It's pretty antigenic. Um, it can cause like, uh, if it gets in the bloodstream, like endotoxic shock and whatnot. Uh, I think the antigenic component of LPS specifically is lipid A. It's the it's the chain that's attached to it, the side chain that's like stimulates an immune response. Yeah, awesome. So let's say you look at a culture um, on a plate. You usually look at these plates. Could be an agar plate, um, which can have some like horse blood in it and stuff. And this is where you grow bacteria. And you look through the microscope and you see these purple balls or um, chains. Um, so first thing you can tell is, okay, that's gram positive. And then there's a next layer of classification you can go, um, which is called the catalase test. And what does the catalase test show? Yeah, it shows whether it's a staphylococcus or a streptococcus. Or enterococcus. Or enterococcus, yeah. So um, basically the catalase test is when you have 
I guess, the reactants. Does the bacteria have the enzyme to produce, I think it's hydrogen peroxide, which forms these bubbles on it? Yeah. So, yeah. so you can put it on a, on a slide, and if it forms these bubbles, then you can say it's, it's catalase, catalase positive. Yeah, it's uh, oxygen bubbles. Um, but if it doesn't, then it doesn't have that catalase enzyme, catalase negative, and then, yeah, like you said, streptococcus or enterococcus. Yeah. Um, so now if we go to the staphylococcus, which is gram-positive and also catalase positive, um, how can we further separate those? A coagulase test. Yeah. yeah. So coagulase positive is staph aureus and negative is, well, epidermis and saprophyticus are the yeah. ones we did learn, but there's yeah. nothing. Yeah, and they're like collectively just termed coagulase negative staphylococci. Cons. Yeah, because um, you want to really know is this staph aureus or is it not? Because that can help you with choosing an antibiotic treatment later on. Um, and just also because it will tell you what kind of like diseases and stuff they can cause. What happens specifically in a coagulase test on the molecular level? Um, is it just like um, blood actually gets agulated? So coagulated. Coagulated, yeah. yeah. Um, on the molecular level, does it have something to do with like uh, fibrinogen or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So fibrinogen gets cleaved into fibrin. Okay. And then fibrin is actually what causes the bacteria to agglutinate and form mm. these like white clumps. Awesome, yeah. So if you were to look at that on a blood slide, you would see these kind of solid clumps. Yeah. Um, whereas, and that means that it's coagulase positive yeah. and it's staph aureus. Or if it doesn't form those clumps, it'll be a coagulase negative um, staphylococcus, like you said, um, epidermidis or saprophyticus. Saprophyticus, yeah. yeah, cool. So we'll start with staph aureus. So just a recap, it's gram positive, um, catalase positive and coagulase positive. Um, cool. Shape. So, okay. So, yeah, I guess we should first say, what does, like, coccus even mean? Like, yeah. it's pretty much round circles. balls, circles yep. that you can see, um, where it's different to bacilli, which means rods. And, like, staphylococcus aureus in particular uh, form these, like, groups. They kind of look like grape clusters, um, whereas streptococcus are in chains, and they're, like, little balls in chains. Yeah. So, that's, so staph aureus. So, staph aureus in particular... What kind of issues can that cause if you get infected with it? Like, yeah. Lots of things. Yeah. Lots and lots. I think it's easier if we start with... Let's start with the skin and soft tissue. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. place to start. So, um, impetigo is pretty huge. Impetigo is also caused by strep pyogenes. Mm -hmm. I think both of them are, like, the most common causes. Um, oh, impetigo is, like, a yellow crossing spreading lesions around the mouth and the nose. Pretty inflamed. Um, happens on children a lot. Um, Can also very contagious between children. Yeah, as well. yeah. I think they yeah. call it uh, school sores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard something like that. Yeah. Um, so, and would you say that is a because with staph aureus infections you can have um, pyogenic infections which yeah. forms pus, and you can also have like non-pyogenic which don't form pus. Would you say that is a pyogenic or non-pyogenic infection? I guess it depends. I don't know. I yeah. haven't seen lesion before. Just yeah. know it's yellow and crossing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, um, does it, do any of you guys know where Staph aureus was? A lot of people can carry Staph aureus. I think it's between 20 and 40% of people carry it. Is, it is, yeah. 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 It's more for healthcare workers. Yeah. 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 That's scary. Makes sense. <laughs> They'll be more exposed to it um, in the hospitals and things like that. Yeah. Um, but whereabouts would it, the carriage site be on a human yeah, so it's your anterior nares, if I'm not wrong, which yeah, is just nares, like your yeah. nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So in those carriers, they won't really do anything bad. 
unless if they're you know people are immunocompromised or exposed to another kind gets of, in some yeah, exactly. bypasses the immune yeah. system yeah so that that's a term we use to call, they are called commensals if they're just bacteria that are living a part of your body but they can form like opportunistic infections yeah. what's an opportunistic infection it's Norm? when a usual like bacteria like a commensal and we'll talk about this with um epidermidis as well they usually live on your wherever on your skin or in case of staph aureus in your nose um, but they can cause a type of disease or condition if in certain circumstances. So it can pretty much grow or spread to other areas um, where it's not usually and then can cause an issue there. Yeah. yeah. So basically, opportunistic means it won't cause disease in an immunocompetent person. Yeah, pretty much. Awesome. So staph aureus um, can also cause something like cellulitis. Yeah. Yep, and that just looks like little red kind of lumps around the skin, is it? No, no, I think it's just the whole area is inflamed. The whole area is inflamed. Yeah, think, okay. think of just a red leg. Yeah, yeah. and then folliculitis yeah. is the more like red lumps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and, what is folliculitis? Um, I'm pretty sure it's if you have cellulitis, uh, folliculitis can like develop from that. Cellulitis can develop from yeah folliculitis. Okay, so it starts with folliculitis, then yeah. goes to cellulitis. Folliculitis is really just it well folliculitis follicle. Hair so it's follicles. just an infection of the hair follicle. Yeah. It's just little pustular, um, you know, pimples pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and then something like that can also develop into like a, a is it a carbuncle or a furuncle first and then yeah. carbuncle. Okay, and what's the difference between those two? Sean, do you know? Yeah, so a furuncle, I think, is a small one that's just like an abscess. Yeah, it's an abscess. Yeah, and then a carbuncle is like when you get lots of them connecting together. Exactly. It makes a big one. A carbuncle is just uh, the convalescence of multiple furuncles with um, sinus tracts draining past Mm -hmm. the surface. And just a quick recap, what is actually, what is an abscess? Abscess, uh, is it just like um a walled off like pus yeah. circle yeah. globe? <laughs> yeah, it's just a, like a collection of pus. You know. I'm not yeah. just I'm not describing very well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's not a pus episode. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and that's different to a cavity where a, a cavity is like has fluid in it, could be pus, but if it's pus, it's an abscess. Yeah, right. Um, cyst. Sorry, if cyst has fluid in it, um, abscess right. pus specifically. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's Staph aureus. Anything else? Yeah. It can cause a lot Heaps. of things, yeah. Um, Staph aureus, uh, mastitis. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. You can have an abscess there as well. Yeah, like a breast tissue. And yep. also, don't get confused between mastitis and mastoiditis. Mm. That's a really easy mistake mm. to make, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because what's mastoiditis? It's like um, inflammation of the mastoid sinus, which is like near ear. Yeah, yeah. just... Just behind you, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, you know the temporal bone. Yeah, yeah. the process of the temporal bone, so mastoid process. Yeah, yeah. um, cool. So, um, hydrodenitus suprativa. Yeah, tongues say that ten times. Yeah, yeah, and you you have like a good way of kind of understanding that one, right? How you break the words up. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, suprativa is just comes from suppurative, and mm. suppurative means um, pus forming. Yeah. Uh, hydrodenitus hydra hydra is sweat, right? Hydra it means sweat. I think of hydrosis or something mm. like that. And aden, aden's glands, um, you might remember from our past episode, like Yonks back. So hi, hi, that just means sweat glands, pus. Mm. So hydrodentis suppurativa is just scarring and abscess formation in an area where there's lots of sweat and or sebaceous glands. So think of um, your uh, 
inguinal and axilla. Yeah. So <laughs> armpit regions common yeah. common to find these kind of infections. Um, but yeah, like with a lot of bacteria we'll be talking about today, um, Staph aureus can also, you know, go into your blood, which is called bacteremia. Bacteremia, and yeah. then could potentially form septicemia. What's the difference? Yeah. What is the difference? Yeah. So septicemia is when you have like an inflammatory response, I guess, to the bacteria in your blood. Whereas bacteremia is just when there is bacteria in your yep. blood. Yeah. And septicemia has the inflammatory response, which is called, I think it's SIRS? Yes, SIRS. Yeah. Severe inflammatory response syndrome. Yeah. And so that's really bad. You can go into shock and stuff, yeah. which mm-hmm. is like really low blood pressure. So you get like tachycardic, yeah. uh, tachypnea. Yeah. So increased heart rate. And what was the other one? Tachy- tachypnea. So breathing. Increased breathing rate. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to think. Oh, yeah. diminished or elevated white cell count. You can go up or down. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So you got to think as well. Then, if there's staph aureus in the blood, it could potentially cause endocarditis as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Abscesses as well. Yeah. Yep. Within the body. There's... Literally any organ. Yeah. It's crazy. Like. Yeah. Great yeah. for the exam. Just list them off. Yeah. yeah. I know, right? Um. Like it. And we'll talk about this as well, but an alpha hemolytic one, uh, strep anguinosis, is it? Angui- anginosis. Anginosis, yeah. Also, that also forms a lot of abscesses yeah, within yeah. the body. Yeah. Do you know how I remember that? Um, I just think of angin, because angin means disgusting in, like, British slang. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's like, that's absolutely angin, means, like, yeah, because it's a lot of... Yeah. Abscesses. Anyway, I, I just yeah. think is it anginosis, right? Angi- Angi- anginosis. Anginosis. Yeah. So I have to like convert it. Yeah. In my okay. Mind. So it's anginosis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I just think because it starts with an A, abscesses. Yeah, oh, that's just what that, I think. That, that seems a lot simpler. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, no, it's good, especially if you have British background. <laughs> what else can Staphylococcus do in the bloodstream? Ooh. Other than abscesses. Um, like, is it osteomyelitis? Yeah, it's the most common cause of. Osteomyelitis. Osteomyelitis. And what, infected, yeah, what, what is osteomyelitis? Uh, it is just infection of the bone, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. That's Also, tough. the most common cause of septic arthritis. Yeah. What's the difference? Uh, arthritis is it's of the, the joint. Joints. It's the joint, right. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so like we said with the abscesses, can form pretty much anywhere, like even in your brain, kidneys as well, yeah. stuff like that. Um, we're all good with staph aureus then, you reckon? Or should we go talk a bit more about staph aureus? We, um, we've done pretty much a lot. Haven't yeah. we done? Um, we'll come back to it. If yeah, we'll come back. To yeah. It. Um, but so staph aureus is gram positive, um, catalase positive, and coagulase positive. But if we go back to the coagulase test, coagulase negative staphylococci. Um, Terence mentioned the two important ones that we have to learn about, which is um, staph epidermidis, is it? Yeah. And staph prophyticus. Yep. Um, Epidermidis, uh, what does that sound like? Epidermis. Um, yeah. yeah, what is what is epidermis? Um, it's your skin. Yeah, cool. So, um, so where can you find this bacteria? All over your skin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really good. Hey, and, it's um, awesomely named. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's it commonly causes, well, it's one of those um, things that we talked about when we said opportunistic infection yeah. because it's normally on your skin and it's harmless. But sometimes when you have like, a catheter, which is like a tube to release your urine contents, or like a cannula, which yeah. is like a tube through your bloodstream to deliver drugs and stuff. Yeah. That's when the epidermidis can go from the skin and breach that barrier and go into your blood and all of that. 
and that's when it becomes a problem. Foreign device infections. Yeah. yeah. Do you know why it's like particularly good at that? It's got some kind of virulence factor. Well, yeah. Slime. Yeah. yeah. And what does that do? What is it? And what does it do? Uh, I'm just thinking slime. <laughs> um, does it adhere to certain things? Yeah. Better? Yeah. And then yeah, it adheres. Yep, definitely. Yeah, it adheres, and then maybe shoots out some exotoxins or something. Well, it's <laughs> it's like biofilm? yeah, that uh, is the main yeah. component. Oh yeah, I remember reading that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, biofilms. Yeah. That's a key virulence factor in things that breach through the skin, right? Yeah. yeah. So it just adheres to the plastic really well. Yeah. Yeah, and true. like whenever there's a biofilm. That bacteria usually gets like walled off, so your immune cells can't get to it, mm. and also um, antibiotics can't get to it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like what Terence said, I'm just, just if you guys haven't heard the term biofilm before, yeah, it's pretty much a protective capsule-ish type of thing that the bacteria forms. Not not necessarily an endospore, which we'll cover later, um, but it's like you can kind of think of it as like this matrix where within the bacteria can live but be cut off from the body's immune responses yeah. and antibiotics. And it's lots of bacteria all on the yeah, same Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's um, epidermidus. Um, Staph saprophyticus, what is a really common thing you can see with this one? UTI yeah. in sexually active young women. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and what's the most common cause of UTIs? Just a side note. E. coli. Yeah, E. coli. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's different. That's gram negative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and third? Third? third <laughs> There's most, another one. Oh, it's like starts yeah. with P. Yeah, like, Proteus mirabilis. Yeah, Proteus mirabilis. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's also yeah. Proteus vulgaris, which I think is less common. Mm. So those yeah. are just all the UTI warriors. Yeah. And what about um, Staph saprophyticus allows it to commonly cause these UTIs? It also has a virulence factor. Okay. It's just... Um, it adheres really well to the neuroepithelium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably like a fimbri or something. Yeah, yeah. It literally, Don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, just really good at adhering to those type of cells in your um, urinary system. So it can just climb up and cause issues. Yeah. yeah. So that's coagulase and negative um, staphylococci, mouthful. Um, mm. And should we go back to now the um, strep and enterococcus ones? Yeah, sure. Um, also, I want to mention that we always talk about catalase tests in the context of splitting staph and yeah. strep and enterococcus. Yeah, yeah. Catalase is also in like heaps of other bacteria. Mm. It's like Listeria, monocytogenes, that, mm. that's oh, right. catalase positives. Yeah. Yeah, you could, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of other things. Yeah, yeah, right. I guess you'd look at the morphology and then yeah, you exactly. do those tests. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. So gram positive, catalase negative, we've got streptococcus and enterococcus and strep is like chains and coccus is balls, so chains, balls and chains, pretty much. That's streptococcus. Um, of the streptococci, how can we classify those? Yeah, you can do a blood agar hemolysis test, yeah, which is like, does it break down the blood cells and how does it break down the blood cells? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So you've got alpha hemolytic, um, which means it can partially hemolyze um, blood agar. So if you like look it up, turn it up to the light, you'll see it will kind of be a little translucent, I think is the word, um, but it won't be fully transparent. Whereas beta hemolytic will be fully transparent because it can fully um, break up those red blood cells. And what color is alpha hemolytic? It's like greenish. Yeah, why? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's uh, the hemoglobin breakdown product, biliverdin. Biliverdin, wow. Biliverdin's green. Yeah. Wow, okay. Bilirubin's yeah, yellow. Yeah, I was going to say jaundice. Yeah, yeah. yeah bilirubin's 
Yeah, wow. So Billy Rubin's yellow, but Billy Verde is green. I mean, I guess Vert. Vert. Vert, yeah. it means green. Yeah. In Italian. Yeah. Or also, <laughs> oh, I think French as well. Oh, okay. It's probably have some Latin root or something. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, cool. So, um... Then you can also say like there's gamma hemolysis, which, it, but it's like just means it Not doesn't really it hemolysis. doesn't hem, doesn't actually break up red blood cells. Yeah. Um, cool. So of the alpha hemolytic streptococci, um, name some important ones. Yeah. So alpha hemolytic is that the viridans group? Yeah, viridans group. Yeah. yeah. So that's like a group of I think five streptococci. One of them is... Uh, list them all, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll try list some of them. You just go um, for it, yeah. One of them is um, anginosis, yeah, the anion yeah. one that just forms um, abscesses Abscess all around. Abscesses everywhere, yeah. Yeah. Um, another one is mutans, yep. which actually forms a biofilm as well. Yeah, it does. Um, and that's... Um, it's got some GTF enzymes. Yeah. 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 Well, we can get into that later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it causes dental caries, um, yeah. basically. Um, what are some others? Oh, strep mitis. Mitis, mitis does endocarditis. Yeah. yeah. Mitis, mitis might mitis cause endocarditis after dental work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Because it's actually a big deal because um, when, oh, I know, uh, probably everyone's had this experience, but you know when you get your wisdom teeth out um, and they say really be careful to like avoid rinse infection? it out. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I've yeah. had mine removed as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. I, I think like... A fair blanket statement you can put on these viridans group is that they could all potentially cause endocarditis. Yep. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So any one of these, if they get into the bloodstream, can cause endocarditis. So it's yep. one thing to look out when you see endocarditis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then strep bovis as well. Um, I love that one. Yeah, that I like good. that one as well. Why do you like that? Well, I like it for two reasons. Okay. They're both pretty unique. Yeah. Um, first one is... Strep bovis bacteremia mm -hmm. is highly associated with an underlying undiagnosed colonic malignancy. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I always think strep bovis bowel cancer. As well. <laughs> wow. Like, that is really cool. Yeah, so if you see elevated levels of strep bovis, you can, you can think, hmm, maybe we should check out if they have any underlying malignancy. Yeah, that's so wack. Yeah. Don't really know why they're associated, but yeah, yeah I'd love to find out. That's yeah, so cool. Definitely. There's also um it's also Lansfield Group D. Yeah, well what is the Lansfield groups? Yeah, Sean, you wanna take that? Yeah. Um so it's <laughs> is it like stuff that's on the surface? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's just like antigens that are on the yep. capsules. Cell walls. Cell yep. walls. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, they just group them based on that. It's yeah. the carbohydrates on the cell wall. There's like heaps yeah. of them. Yeah, but there's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. probably like yeah. the whole alphabet full. Almost, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about strep salvarius? Salivarius. Salivarius. All of these, I need to say <laughs> them out loud yeah. when I'm reading them. Yeah. I can recognize it, but I probably can't spell these. Out. I always get salivarius, salivarius confused with sanguinis. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. Sanguinis is the good one. Sanguinis um, it antagonizes strep mutans in the formation of dental caries, yes. also called endocarditis. <laughs> yeah, um, so good. Yeah, it's so good, man. So it's good. a good one. Um, salivarius. Salivarius. Is this the one where it's like upper respiratory tract infections? I've got, I've got for this one, um, can cause meningitis, like an uncommon... Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Excuses French. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, all right. We'll, we'll cut that out. No, no, we won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uncommon cause of meningitis, I've got for that one. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the main thing we have for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Take note of that. It's, it's a, Meningitis, man. It's my favorite 
upper respiratory tract. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and back to this, yeah. part of the flora of the mouth because yeah. salivary, I guess. Yeah, you can make. They're link. all um, they're, mouth they're oropharynx. All, okay, yeah, they're all yeah, part of yeah. it. So the Viridans group, oropharynx. Get gastrointestinal tract, oropharynx, and vagina. Yeah, and with strep mutans, you were talking about the GTF gene. And if I remember right from last year, um, strep mutans has kind of been selected because people have increased their sugar intake. So through this, like, I think it's glycosyl transferase. Yeah, glycosyl transferase. Yeah, yeah. So it strangely has been, like, selected to um, kind of proliferate in your mouth because of um, humans' increased sugar intake. Sucrose. Sucrose, yes. And, like, how does that involved in how's that involved in the um dental caries production what is that does it use that to form biofilms um oh yeah well i think like converts first it does um lactic acid mm-hmm. it produces lactic acid one yeah. of the reactions and that eats away at the enamel of the teeth mm-hmm. and also one of the carbohydrates um they get it gets turned into like a dextran sugar and the dextran sugar can form, like, some of the structure, structural components of the biofilm. Awesome. Um, yeah, in my notes as well, I've got that it's got that slime virulence factor as yeah. well with the biofilms. Yeah, awesome. So we've got Midas, Bovis, um, sal- Salvarius? Sal- Salivarius. <laughs> Salivarius. Yeah. Sanguinosis. Sanguinius? Sanguinosis. Is it Sanguinus? Sanguinus. And then Anginosis. Yeah. Is it anginosis? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then also another alpha hemolytic streptococci is actually strep pneumonia. Yeah. So what is something, you know, that that could cause? Pneumonia? (laughs) Good guess, man. And also meningitis. Yeah. It's like number one cause of meningitis. Number one. Yeah. Number one cause of community-acquired pneumonia and meningitis in the world yeah but not the developed world yeah exactly um what do what's the most common cause of meningitis in australia neisseria meningitis meningitis meningococcus yeah the meningococcus yeah yeah. that's why like the gram pet the gram stain is so important because straight away differentiates if you have um, gram negative diplococci in the blood versus gram positive diplococci in the blood or csf then you can straight away be like, this is most likely mm. Neisseria if it's gram neg and other one. Mm. And know. hence you can tie a lot of the antibiotics you use yeah. to that as well. Um, yeah, and yeah, so like you said, strep pneumonia is diplococci and they have this like polysaccharide capsule around them as well yeah. as a, another like virulence factor. Um, yeah, so if you see two little balls uh, with like a yellow capsule around it under the microscope and they're blue, then, you know, highly likely to be strep pneumonia. Yeah. Also, they have that characteristic lancet shape that's, like, yeah. a bit pointy on the ends, mm. yeah. Awesome. So that was alpha hemolytic streptococci. If we go to beta hemolytic streptococci, um, there's two ways we can break those up as well. I yeah. mean, yeah, how, how can we do that? Uh, Lancefield group goes back to that, the yeah. cell wall carbohydrates. It's group A versus group B. Group A is pyogenes and group B is agalactiae. Yeah, and like we said before, pyod like pyogenic is pus forming. So you can kind of imagine strep pyogenes forms a lot of like pus type of infections. Yeah. Yeah. But it also has um non pus forming, non suppurative complications. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, Sequelae, yeah. Yeah. We might get into that we'll get after into that. first mm. describing something. Yeah. Cool. So um just a quick recap again, we've got gram positive, catalase negative, and then we've got the beta hemolytic. 
and then that is um, Lansfield A, Lansfield B, Lansfield A is Streptopyogenes, and B is Agil. How do you say that one? Agilactia. Agilactia. Okay. Starting with Streptopyogenes, where is it most commonly found in carriers? Do you guys Ooh, know? Is it the GIT in no. vagina? Oropharynx. 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 Yeah. It's got to be one of the yeah. three. <laughs> yeah. And this one is what what causes that lethal one. Um, I'm sure like medical students have seen photos of this, like necrotizing fasciitis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pretty much flesh eating bacteria like disease. It's um pretty insane if you see images of that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, not something to worry about too much if you're not like immunocompromised person or whatever. Um, but yeah, so we let's talk a bit about the pus forming infection. Yeah, so the subreddit ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, name a few of those that it could potentially form. Um. Well, I'm not sure. I was yeah. thinking cellulitis, but that's tonsillitis, not even... Tonsillitis, man. Yeah, tonsillitis. Yeah. Um, and what can be a complication of tonsillitis? Peritonsillar abscess. Yeah, right. Quincy's. I actually had a mate who had Quincy. Oh. I had a Quincy. Apparently the pain was really bad. Damn. Yeah. Um, and that's well, strep throat. It's strep throat, yeah. yeah. It's really bad. Um, yeah, so it can cause those. And what else can it cause? It's kind Retropharyngeal of abscess. Yeah, just abscess. What's that? An abscess, so cav- a cavity yeah. filled with pus. Yeah. Behind the pharynx. Behind the pharynx in between the cervical vertebrae. Yeah. In between the cervical vertebrae. And the pharynx. Yeah, so it's behind it's the pharynx. Just like spitballing here, if that like abscess grows too large, could it Whoa. could it cut off like that cervical ganglion there? Bro, I have no idea. What's that condition? Do you remember that condition? Hornus? Yeah, Hornus, Hornus syndrome. syndrome. The, that like, one rhymes, I like yeah. it. Meiosis, like, yeah, ptosis. Drooping eyelids. And hydrosis. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's if that cervical um, ganglion can be cut off. Sean's looking at us like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but it's, uh, this is study a, that next that, That's okay, man. We'll get to it. Um, hopefully get Tom on for that one. <laughs> that would be great. Um, yeah, also, like you were talking about before, mastoiditis. So yeah. Inflammation of... From otitis media. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what is otitis media? It's just your middle ear infection. Middle ear infection, yeah. Also, like you say, is it impetigo? Impetigo. Impetigo. Crazy. This is like another language. Impetigo. Yeah. Um, like we were talking about before, can also be caused by Staph aureus, um, and it's around the mouth and common in children. Um, also, cellulitis. Yeah, cellulitis. Here's a good one. What's the difference between erysipelas and cellulitis? Oh, um, it's one of them is orange, like looks orange, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's eris, um, erysipelas. What, why does it look like, why does your skin start to look like an orange? Is it a billy something billy no, or no, no, no. <laughs> no clue, man. Well your superficial lymphatic channels get blocked. Wow, okay. So, so when that happens, you have swelling of the skin, but you have the pores retracted. So that's mm. why it looks like an orange. Well. Yeah. Um any other differences? No, I'm not sure, man. Um it's a very it's more delineated, like there's a stronger demarcation mm. of the inflamed skin versus the non inflamed skin in erysipelas. Where cellulitis, it's there's less of a you know solid line demarcation. Yeah, right. And I, th- I think also important with um strep pyogenes is we touch on like rheumatic heart uh, heart disease as well. Um, so what what can happen is there's these proteins that like antigens formed from um strep pyogenes that are pretty similar to your heart valves um proteins in your heart valve. So what can happen is you can develop an immune response against these peptides from the bacteria, but then you can have an autoimmune response against your heart valve, which is actually really common here um, in Indigenous Australians. Yeah, it's the most common. Which is... Indigenous Australians. In the world, yeah. It's the most common population. Which is... It's insane. Like, I have no idea why that is. 
Um, so we'll get into it. Yeah, I definitely. Um, is that also the case with plumeric? Well, we're moving on to like yeah. the non-suppurative complications of pyogenes. Is that yeah. also the case with plumerulonephritis? I'm not sure. Not so sure. Yeah, I'm not no. sure what patient population is most susceptible to that. But back to the rheumatic fever. Yeah. The the specific thing that happens is the way I like to remember it is basically everything's um, the letter M is defines the whole process. So you have molecular mimicry, which is where the peptide, um, the pe- yeah the antigenic peptide is similar to the myosin in your cardiac muscle, and you get antibodies that attack the myosin in the cardiac muscle, and that causes just you know the it, and it's the mitral valve particularly. And which and it, valve is the mitral valve? Mitral valve is the one that's not... Yeah, it's it, bicuspid? Yeah, it's left... Left, left ventricular... Ventri- yeah, yeah atrioventricular valve. Yeah. No, no. Mitral, yes. Yeah, left yes, atrioventricular, yeah. yeah. And that causes, like, regurgitation, I think. Yeah, yeah. so you, imagine how crazy that is. Your body is attacking its own heart valves, yeah. right? And that's not great. Yeah, not good at all. Yeah. Um, so definitely something to keep in mind when, um, you know, especially with the indigenous... Um, population if someone presents with those kind of issues. Just fact-checking. Um, it is actually the uh, glomerulonephritis that's most common in Aboriginal children. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, yeah. rheumatic fever is, like, obviously crazy, yeah. Yeah, and it's also a, a similar type of, um, like, pathogenesis of that because you have these strep antigens that all kind of clump together, and as they go through your kidneys, they can kind of destroy some of the, the tubules there. Um, which can lead to, um, like, your salts and water balance being messed up. So you can have oedema, which is, edema, yeah. yeah, you have, like, excess um, water and things like that going into the, like, extravascular space. Um, so you have, like, swelling around the eyes. You can have that. can present like that. And you can also have, like... Periorbital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, periorbital around the orbits, like, around where your eyes are. And you can also have, like, dark urine because mm-hmm. of... Um, damage to the kidneys as well. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. because it's oh, the like red cells. Red yeah, cells, red cells. Yeah. I'm guessing like when there's damage to the kidney, like your red cells can just like get filtered out yeah. along with everything else. Mm. Yeah, get proteinuria because your yeah. kidneys are already messed up. Mm. Yeah. What else? There's quite a few those ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. scarlet fever. Um, oh no, that I might mean, be I mean the next like, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can get reduced urine output. Yeah. Um. So like just electrolyte imbalances. Hypertension. Yeah. Hypertension. And yeah. hypertension results in, like, left ventricular failure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Well, I think, well, I don't actually know. Yeah. But I'm guessing that it's just because, like, the blood flows too much. To yeah. So you're, you're, the left side of your heart has to pump against systemic circulation, right? Yeah. So if you have a high pressure there, it has yeah. to work both against gravity and the pressure of systemic yeah, circulation. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. circling back to rheumatic fever, signs and symptoms. Uh, signs and symptoms. Um, I think, is it like, if, you, if you're if you going to put a stethoscope there, we hear like murmuring of the heart. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. We have not gone there. <laughs> okay, right, okay. Other yeah. signs and symptoms. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I think um, subcutaneous nodules, subcutaneous. usually on extensor surfaces. Okay. Carditis, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, joints, polyarthritis. Polyarthritis. Polyarthritis, yeah. So is that just arthritis in many areas? Yeah, arthritis <laughs> in lots of joints. Yeah, wow. Um, there's a, like, the writhing of the face and the, like, the neck near there. What do you, what do you call that? Writhing of the face and neck? Yeah, writhing. Yeah, writhing. It's really weird. It's just like, like imagine a seed. Yeah, squirming. Yeah, squirming. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wow. yeah. It's 
kind of weird, yeah. It's Sydenham's Chorea. Yeah. And there's a specific rash in rheumatic fever. What is it? I couldn't tell you, man. Yeah. Erythema marginatum. Okay, what? Yeah. Is that a mouthful? Yeah. Is it just like, a speci- like does it look distinctive from It is so regions? distinctive. So, yeah, look it up. Cool. Yeah. How do you say that again? Er- Erythema marginatum. Er- Erythema marginatum. Definitely want to, want to research. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, strep pyogenes, as you can see, can develop a lot of different types of conditions. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty yeah. insane. Um, um, scarlet fever? Scarlet fever, yeah. Yeah, so that's like, I guess, the third one that we've learned. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> white tongue? Yeah, yeah, white tongue. You can have a white tongue. Which changes to milk. red strawberry tongue. It's a red white strawberry. strawberry into a red strawberry. Oh, okay, right. nice. Yeah. So, yeah. And you can just have like this kind of a red rash around around your body. Yeah, it starts in your face-ish and yeah. then it goes spreads down to your neck and your limbs. Mm. Um, where it's usually red face, mm. but you get um, pallor around the mouth and the nose-ish. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, should we go to the group B's? Or do, you, or do you want to describe the rash first? It's like meant to be rough to touch, right? Yeah, sandpapery. Sandpapery. And then yeah. what happens after the rash? I don't know. What happens? You de- desquamation of the skin. Wow. Yeah, no, yeah, right. The top comes. layer of your skin wow. comes yeah. Okay, that's terrible. Wow. And what causes... Um, Is it... Um, yeah, that... I don't know. Is it... It wouldn't be an autoimmune thing, would it? Um, uh, no. 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 Um, Scarlet fever. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's um toxins. Toxins. So it's erythrogenic toxins and causes um just like a really um, bad response. So specifically, it's streptococcus. It's S P A B and C. Mm. Um, I think S P B is the main exotoxin and it's pyrogenic. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, not yeah. awesome if you have it, but yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. One other point is that um usually it's different sort of strains of pyogenes that cause each of these. Yeah, you need to have the virulence factors for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so the one that causes glomerulonephritis um, is called the nephrotogenic. The one that causes the scarlet fever is called the pyrogenic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Um, one of my mates who's studying nursing, he was explaining to me pyrogenic, um, pyro, meaning fire yeah. and then yeah. genics forming so th- things like you, you can kind of turn reddish or like increase temperature stuff it's like, like that. pyroxes yeah. 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 yeah 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 perfect yeah and um oh what was the one i didn't say uh rheumatic fever rheumatogenic yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah cool yeah um cool so i reckon now we'll go to lansfield b um so this is beta hemolytic lansfield b and the main one we learned about all it's strep agalactica. How do you say Agalactiae. Agalactic Agalactiae. Awesome. And that's a commensal of bowel vagina? and vagina. Yeah, yes, yeah. bowel and vagina. Um, one, the, this one can cause, like, it is important to have, like, screening when you're pregnant, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you can pass on um, conditions to your baby. When do you usually screen for strep agalactiae? Um, isn't it, like, a late... Pregnancy? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. darn late. Yeah, 35. Like third, third trimester or something. Yeah, like. week 35 to 37. Cool. Right. I guess because if you develop it, like, I don't know, just before you, like, give birth, then it's... Yeah, screen late. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. What, what do you do if you're a carrier? Vax- uh, no, there's, there's not vaccine. Um, Antibiotics? Yeah, it yeah, must, must be some Penicillin kind of... during birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. 
Yeah. Because yeah. it, it actually spreads while, like, during the process of yeah. giving birth, right? Yeah. Like, while the baby passes through the mm. birth canal. Yeah, it's the most traumatic part of the birth, yeah. I yeah. would assume. Right. <laughs> for everyone. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, um, did we talk about puerperal um, fever? No, that's, that's, no, we didn't. Yeah. It's yeah. related to this, though, so you go yeah. for it, yeah. Right. So, um, that's another thing that can happen. Well, yeah, to the, to the mother, right? Um, yeah, to the mother. Yeah. So, oh, right. Yeah. Um, or you can have like postpartum maternal sepsis. So right after they've given birth, can um, that thing can go into the blood, the bacteria. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. Um, um, or just cause neonatal complications. Right. Yeah. And that's pyogenes as well. Yeah. N- oh, no, this is... Um, no, agalactiae. Yeah, agalactiae. Yeah, yeah. Oh. This is the one where it's important to screen pregnant women for. But I think puerperal is... Um, the mother. Pyogenes. Puerperal is pyogenes, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, also, the, it's one of the, like, most high-yield things, I think, is, like, strabagalactia mother passes down to the kid. So the kid has um, a neonatal infection. There's, like, two um, main ways of presenting. Um, do you guys know what they are? Um, off the top of my head, is meningitis one of them? Yeah. Yeah. In both cases, you get bacteremia. Bacteremia. One of them is meningitis, the other one. Um, can... The other one just lead to like septicemia, pneumonia, pneumonia. Okay, so meningitis and pneumonia for neonates yeah. whose mothers have been affected by. And this. they have different times when they present. Mm. So the meningitis takes longer than the pneumonia. So meningitis with bacteremia is usually seven to three months after the birth, whereas pneumonia with bacteremia is like within the th- um, seven days, within mm. the week. Yeah, and that makes sense though because. The bacteria will have to colonize yeah. the meninges, get into the cross the blood brain exactly. Area. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Now that's that's really good. Um, so now we'll probably go to enterococcus now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So again, this is um, gram positive cocci, catalase negative, enterococcus, and these guys all express the D Lansfield D antigen. Um, so there's two main ones of importance, or one of clinical importance, and one that's just like super resistant, right? To yeah. Antibiotics. Which is the more main clinically important one? Is it Fisalis? Is the Fecalis? Clin- Fecalis? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think Fecalis clinically important. Oh, is that the way? The C sound. Uh, well, that's what I'm. Oh, I'm thinking fe- that because it helps oh, me. Okay. I don't yeah. know if it's. Fe- I do something really similar. Okay, what do you do? Uh, so it's Fecalis and Fecium, right? Yeah. Fecium has a C that sounds like an S. It's the same C you find in resistance. Mm, so Fecium. Fecium is resistant. Yeah, and fecium can be resistant to vancomycin, and that's one of the main ones. Whereas Fecalis has the hard C, and then Common also has the hard C. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. Um, These guys are enterococcus, so are they? They're commonly found in your gut, right? Are they found in your gut? Yeah. 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 Um, And yeah, they can cause bacteremia, UTIs, endocarditis again. Intra-abdominal infections, pelvic infections, wound infections, and meningitis. So a lot of different things they can cause. Um, but yeah, it is an issue for this um, for the strains of vancomycin-resistant um, enterococcus, like um, fecium. Um, yeah, because they're becoming increasingly resistant. Yeah. Yeah, and then if they're resistant, what do you do when you get infected? Yeah. It's like it's Die. like um like Pseudomonas, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, just like on a tangent, Pseudomonas only has like a few antibiotics that still yeah. is actually um yeah. active against Some it. Some fluoroquinolones. Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the big issues where 
we're not developing antibiotics at a fast enough rate. We're or not like discovering it at all. Yeah, I think when was the last one? Yeah, the ages last ago. class ages ago. It's ages, yeah. yeah, and it's just that's going to be really bad in the future if we don't do anything about it. You know, yeah, especially in hospitals and people who are already sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I might have to step in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, go for it. What's up? Um, right. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, so I reckon we can just quickly shoot off to the gram positive bacilli now. Do you reckon? <laughs> um, do, you, do you think, think we, we have time? time? <laughs> I mean, we might. We can. I reckon we can shoot off the important. We can shoot it off. Yeah, shoot off high yield. Bits. High yeah. yield. This yeah. is the important stuff. Okay, gram positive bacilli. Hey guys, this is Norm interrupting from post production here. Turns out we didn't have enough time to do gram positive bacilli, um, but yeah, we're gonna upload that as a separate episode. So stay tuned. And as always, thank you guys for listening and hope you found something, you know, happy, hope you learned something, hope you found something interesting and yeah, see you on the next one.